Sarah Hanks, today's guest, is the CEO and founder of CrowdCheck, an industry-leading fintech company providing regulatory compliance services to entrepreneurs, issuers, and crowdfunding portals. She is an expert in the regulations governing investment crowdfunding. She'll share insights about her work and her superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. Sarah, thanks for joining me again. Uh, I am so thrilled to have you back. Thrilled to be here. Well, you know, you and I chatted just before, uh, and, you know, we've known each other for a decade now. It's amazing uh, how long it's been since the Jobs Act. Yeah, it it, it really it it really has, and it it took so long for it to be implemented. Uh, But it has, in many ways, become just what you thought it would be a decade ago, isn't it? Just about. I mean, I I made uh, some mistakes in uh, predicting what would happen, and I think. One of the things um, that we learned is the order in which the various Jobs Act exemptions were adopted made a huge difference. The fact that 506C came first, then Reg A, then Crowd uh, Reg CF, and I think we would not have. I mean, you know, CrowdCheck, as you know, has a leading position in uh, in Regulation A. Um, I wasn't expecting Reg A to be crowdfunding. Um, but it is, uh, and uh, if it hadn't been adopted before Reg CF, I think that might not have happened. People might, people might not have realized um, its true, you know, potential. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is amazing uh, what it what is going on. Um, let's take a minute to set the table. Uh, tell us about the great work that uh, CrowdCheck is doing. Okay. Well, I mean, that changed too, because when back in the day when we first met, CrowdCheck was just CrowdCheck Inc. Uh, and we were just doing due diligence. Um, and that expanded over the years when I mean, it expanded into not just due diligence reports, but uh, you know, actually putting disclosure together, doing the notice filings. Uh, and all of those things. And then, of course, you know, CrowdCheck was founded by securities lawyers, so people kept asking securities law questions. Uh, and bless them, lots of people would send us chocolate afterwards after we answered the questions. And we started thinking, we should actually charge fiat money for this <laughs> as opposed to getting paid in chocolate. Yeah. And so, you know, over the years, it's expanded to, you know, CrowdCheck plus CrowdCheck Law, um, provide a complete um, range of services for, for, for crowdfunding. You know, legal, compliance, diligence, filing, um, all together or, you know, individually. Um, so we're just a complete uh, compliance solution. And your clients are typically uh, issuers or portals? It's kind of both. Um, you know, in, in the early days, um, a couple of the, the prominent uh, portals, we actually did their due diligence for them because they didn't have anyone to do it in-house. We developed their program, they took it over um, and started to do the diligence uh, in-house, and we then just represented the issuers for, for uh, those portals. Uh, but that's a sort of natural progression. Uh, we help portals uh, stand up, uh, we um, help them, uh, we put their rules together, um, we put their processes together, 
together. They grow up, they go through kindergarten, they go through securities, you know, high school. We pat them on the backside and send them off into the world. Um, and they can do their own, uh, their own stuff. Uh, but we do have, you know, this consistent, most of pretty much everybody we've ever worked with continues to send their issuers to us when they need, you know, securities and corporate law advice. What are the tricky parts of raising money through crowdfunding? What are the legally tricky parts that people might stumble on? Yeah, it's a, that's an interesting question because you started off saying, you know, what are the tricky parts? And for me, the trickiest part is the marketing, which we are absolutely useless at. You know, as lawyers, we just like, hey, marketing is really important. Get people who know marketing because it's not us. Um, <laughs> but the le- the uh, the legally tricky stuff is really um, it's sort of playing the psychiatrist to our clients because we have to convince them that they really this really, really does matter. Uh, and when you put out, um, for example, you go on TikTok, you mention your deal, that's all fine. If you don't have the correct legend or if you don't have a link to the offering circular, if it's a reggae offering, that's going to be absolutely fatal because you've just violated security law. And making, making people understand that these rules are not there just to irritate the heck out of you. They are there because, you know, these are the rules to, that protect investors, and if you don't get them right, um, you know the SEC cares. And you know, we 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 frequently have these conversations where they say, "Well, we only sh-, you know the SEC is not going to care about that." And we're like, "Yes, they do. We know them, and they do care about this." Uh, yeah, that, that's the trickiest part: is convincing people that they really do have to listen to what we say. I, I can imagine now. I think there's a sense with a lot of entrepreneurs that if they do something wrong and uh, no one wa- waves a red flag and the deal closes, that they have uh, escaped clean. Like uh, driving too fast on the freeway, if you don't get a ticket while you're there, you're done. You, you mm-hmm. don't have to worry that that speeding experience is going to come back to bite you. Is that true with securities? No, it is so absolutely <laughs> not true. It's amazing. I mean, uh, you know, we, we get this all the time. It's not just the guy who just did, uh, you know, disobeyed the rules, but it's everybody else who said, well, look what they did. You know, we, 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 we often have, you know, the mom conversation. Well, if everybody jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge, would you do it? Um, but that's, that's part of the problem here is understanding that um, it takes the SEC about two years to think about, well, maybe they really shouldn't have done that. And another year to issue the subpoena and another year to ca- you know, capture the information. I mean, we've got people who are um, receiving subpoenas for stuff they did in 2017. I mean, they are, uh, the SEC is out there. Uh, and just because somebody did something recently doesn't mean, A, that they're going to get away with it and B, that you're going to get away with it if you copy them. Um, because that is not, and it, you know, ignorance of the law is no excuse and following somebody else that did something that their lawyer said you shouldn't do, also not an excuse. But um, yeah, it just takes a while for the SEC to sort of gather the information. And, you know, some of the worst possible outcomes, not to scare too much to to people too much, but some of the worst possible outcomes can happen way down the road, right? Someone can allege fraud 
Uh, And that they couldn't have discovered the fraud for one reason or another until long after. And that it kind of stretches the, uh, what do you call it? The, the the dates when it expires right yeah the statute of limitations yes. yeah, yeah. that yeah. you know that that's sort of like in some cases a 5 year or a 10 year yeah it could be a while i mean yeah. uh, and 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 that also uh, you know we we live especially when we're dealing with tech companies and the like people are used to instant you know i i need to get this pr- product out i push the button and you know, move fast break things and that is absolutely the wrong motto in the, you know when the things you break are the securities law that is really a bad idea yeah now uh I, I don't want to scare people. Uh, I want to encourage people to to use crowdfunding. Uh, there are some great benefits uh, to this whole rigmarole, this whole structure, right? Um, the uh, disclosures that people make uh, help with do, doing due diligence if you're an individual investor, right? Uh, there's a crowd along with you, right? That, that's right. I mean, you can get, I mean, you know, I've, I've been uh, a fan of crowdfunding since the very, very beginning, um, even though I come from a super traditional securities law background. And the ability to take the people um, who believe in you, the team, who believe in the product, you know, your customers, um, the ability to let them, you know, be part of the success of, of a company, that is no small thing. And the, there's a lot of, you know, um, feedback from uh, if you're raising money at the same time, it maybe helps with the product and then the product can uh, advertising can help with the, uh, the securities offering, providing it's all done correctly. Um, and so that there's huge, huge advantages to crowdfunding if done correctly. And one of the keys right? To, to maybe oversimplify, but one of the keys is to make sure you're investing through a registered portal, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, this is where the various um, pieces of the Jobs Act divert because, um, you know, uh, Regulation D to accredited investors, you can do that without a portal. Regulation A, you can do without a portal, but if you don't use a broker, there's all sorts of additional rules. Um, but Regulation CF, absolutely, you have to go through an intermediary. And everything's got to be in the same place. I mean, this is one of the uh, the fundamental principles of crowdfunding as envisaged by the SEC is you have one place and one place only where all of the information is available. So everybody's on an uh, equal playing field. Uh, and that's why you can't say stuff on TikTok that you don't say on the uh, intermediary site and you can't, you know, go outside. There are very strict rules about um, communications and advertising, um, even though those rules are really counterintuitive. And, you know, we have these conversations with clients who go, all right, so um, I can say all of this stuff about my company so long as I don't mention what I'm actually selling. Or if I mention what I'm selling, I can say, you know, I can give you, you know, the bare facts. And you're just making this up, aren't you? Um, I know mean, this is this is how the rules work, but the rules are not completely arbitrary. There's a whole principle there, and the principle is everything in one place, everyone on uh, equal footing, everybody's got access to the same information. Yeah, and and that that equal footing really does help investors, and and by helping investors, it helps the issuers, the entrepreneurs who are raising Absolutely. money. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, um, 
and one of the things about the, the you know that you know input from the crowd that does help i mean you sometimes see uh you know as you know the intermediaries have to have a chat function and that's where the crowd you know, um, makes comments and asks questions and I've seen um, there's quite a, a range I've seen some amazingly good sophisticated questions come from the crowd which have really helped the company tone its uh, hone its message uh, and improve the way it's communicating and then occasionally you get the absolute trolls I mean you know you're never free from trolls they're everywhere yeah so let's talk a little bit about Supercrowd 22. You'll be speaking at Supercrowd 22. I'm thrilled uh, that you'll be there. Uh, we'll be talking about impact crowdfunding and how people can use crowdfunding to make a difference in the world. Um, give us a glimpse into some of the insights you might share at the at Supercrowd 22. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to be sort of focusing on my usual, y'all are doing it wrong. <laughs> Um, because I mean, this this is the thing uh, we are now seeing. Uh, as I mentioned, we're seeing the SEC take all of this stuff very seriously. At first, I think they were very cautious; um, they didn't want to kill this industry. Um, but now, I think you know some patterns are coming uh, very, very clear. Uh, and those, um, you know, I th- I'll be talking about. Um, you know, what the regulators want from the intermediaries. What are the things that are really causing them problems? And then what do the regulators, um, which is for the issuers, um, the SEC, what does the SEC want from the issuers? And I think, you know, one of the biggest stories um, there is transparency, accuracy, and, you know, misleading statements. We are seeing, um, you know, we are seeing some interest by the SEC on things that in, uh, issuers have said about themselves and their prospects. Um, and so I think we'll, uh, we'll try and pull out some of those things, that, those um, threads of uh, you know, common themes that we see uh, with the SEC caring about. Yeah. I mean, the, the value of what you'll provide, it, it, it could cost, you know, save people a lot of money and keep them out of jail. Uh, just coming to hear you is worth it. Uh, but, the, you know, the conference is going to feature just such a, an inspiring range of topics and content so that people who come will be inspired, uh, they'll be motivated, they'll be educated, uh, and they'll get to hear from you uh, and and be that much farther from ever seeing the inside of a jail cell. <laughs> Yeah, I will. I will point out the SEC does not own any handcuffs. The SEC only has civil um, authority, so they can sue the heck out of you. Uh, they can leave you, as one uh, enforcement director once said, homeless, naked, and without wheels. They can't put you in jail. It's uh, they have to hand that over to the Department of Justice. But let's try and avoid both of those things. Yes, <laughs> we want everyone job. to keep their money and keep their wheels. Yes, good, good, good point, and that's what you'll help us do. So uh, yeah. we're excited to have you at, at, at SuperCrowd Twenty Two, um, Sarah. You really are uh, an extraordinary human being. Uh, you're successful. You're accomplished, uh, and yet I also find you to be extremely wise and down to earth. Uh, you're just uh, really a great human being. Oh, thank you. What What is your superpower? 
Um, in crowdfunding, I think it's the ability to explain relatively arcane concepts in fairly straightforward terms without terrifying the pants off people um, and try and you know keep them from panicking um, and not you know, um, not uh, completely lose it when they get a phone call from the SEC. I mean I've seen it all on Wall Street I've been screamed at from managing by managing directors at Goldman Sachs who think that I you know um, they're going to sue me for 10 million dollars every minute that the the market hasn't opened. I've seen it all before uh, and I'm not going to panic. Um, but we're going to try and get people through. But I think underlying that um, I think the reason why I'm able to do that is is basically a sort of values thing um, which is I really believe in, um, I believe in rules. I believe in the social contract. I believe in all of the stuff that came out of the Enlightenment. And, you know, we're taping this just after the, um, the 4th of July, which I'm always so proud of the Declaration of Independence. It is the most English thing that has ever been written, uh, coming out of an Enlightenment thought. Um, and it's basically you know, um, the idea that, you know, you do have a relationship with society and you have to, um, you get something, you don't get something for nothing, you know, um, and a rules-based society is going to be a successful society. And seeing us as part of, um, as the SEC says, the gatekeepers, um, the people who understand the rules and guide, and we have a responsibility. I mean, it's a, it's a responsibility not just to the clients who are paying us, but you know, to the broader society to make sure those rules are complied with. Because if we don't comply with the rules, everything goes to heck. Yeah, it's fascinating uh, what you describe. But that that sense of connection to the enlightenment, that sense of social contract, respect for rules. Uh, that's powerful. That's powerful. How would you teach someone to develop greater strength in an appreciation for those principles? That's a really good question. Because, I mean, in my... Um my previous life, um, I was I did international securities law, and, and one of um, the things I would actually fairly frequently and boringly to my associates joke about is how difficult it is um, to enforce um, the the securities rules on people from countries who have not gone through the Enlightenment. Um, because they just don't, they think everything's a zero-sum game. You know, they win and the SEC loses, and that's the way they want it to be. They don't see this as, you know, part of a whole. Um, but I think that's the way you have to look at it. And I don't know how you teach um, that to people who don't come from that background. And it's it's always extraordinary to me how, how deeply embedded that is uh, in so many societies and how absent it is in others. And um, I worked uh, a lot with uh, you know, Brazilian companies and my Brazilian clients were always like, hey, is there a little trick? Is there a jatinho there that we can do? And I'm like, nope. And they're like, okay, um, we get it. Because, you know, that's their background. But, you know, some other uh, jurisdictions, it's just like, well, look, what do you want us to say? Um, I, the truth kind of would be useful. <laughs> Um, yeah. And they just don't get that. They, they, they want to, you know, they want, they think that I wanted them to, them to lie to me. And yeah, that's not how yeah. I play. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is it is a challenge. Uh, and you talk about the, the context, right? The national context for that. And uh, I'm thinking of uh, Luck Walenza. Uh, and and you may be too young to remember him. Oh no, uh, I remember but, him well. <laughs> but uh, he seemed uh, to find the way to communicate this value system, this new value system, to a people that really hadn't experienced it for a long time, if yeah. they had before. Um, I'm just wondering if you see that parallel and, and maybe there's an opportunity for a hope for convincing people uh, in, over some long run or with some dynamic leader that, yes, there is a, a different, new, better value system than a winner take all kind of. Approach. Uh, that's I don't know. That is such a challenge. I mean, uh, that's where I'm going to say, well, <laughs> I'm glad that uh, in um in crowdfunding, it's only American and Canadian companies, and those I can deal with. If I had to deal with a Russian company at this point, uh, you know, that would be a huge challenge. I, I don't yeah. know how you convince people that who for whom that is an alien idea uh, that truth and transparency is actually good for all of us. Yeah, yeah. I imagine, though, uh, even within uh, the American Western context, where we sort of uh, collectively generally appreciate these things, there, there are exceptions. When you're dealing with someone, uh, a client who really seems to not get it, even here in the United States, how do you coach them to appreciate that they have to play by the rules? Um well, yeah, threats always work, um, but usually, I mean, you know, to be serious, um, if they don't get the whole, you must do this, we know the SEC that, you know, and this is required, we know these rules. I mean, there have been occasions where we've, we've had to say, you know, you and we are not necessarily on the same wavelength and we think you might be more comfortable with somebody, some other council or some other compliance provider. Because, um, you know, we... Um, we, we don't get paid enough to, you know, get into long philosophical conversations with our clients. Um, you know, one of the, the uh, things that CrowdCheck does, it does um, very sophisticated work at an amazingly cheap price. And we can only do that if we can do the same thing the same way every single time. And if somebody is like, well, no, I don't, think, I don't want to do it that way, um, there is a point at which it just doesn't work for us. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Well, Sarah, it's just a delight to visit with you. Can't wait to hear more from you at SuperCrowd22. Uh, I'm so grateful that you'll be speaking there. Um, before we wrap up, would you just take a minute and tell people how they can learn more about CrowdCheck and how they can connect with you? Yep. Um, I'm available at Sarah, uh, that's S-A-R-A, at CrowdCheck.com. Uh, go to our website, which is horribly out of date, but still has really good stuff in two particular areas. And that is our blog, uh, where we are forever doing the, hey, here's another way you're doing it wrong, folks. Um, so lots of good content on our blog. And then under resources, education, we've got lots of memos and the like. And so there's some very useful information there. Fantastic. Well, Sarah, thank you so, so much for being with us today. We wish you every success in keeping 
issuers, especially our social entrepreneur friends, out of jail and out of trouble. Uh, so thank you and good luck to you. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.